How do we begin? Talk dirty to me. It's the name of the show. Talk dirty to <laughs> me. What people want you to do because they got things on the spectrum of the kinks and the fetishes. Me too. <laughs> that works because I'm also on the spectrum. So. Same. Oh my goodness. Look at us. I love it. Oh, we'll start it like this, and we know Tosin will make it better with, like, a song or something. Yeah, he should yeah. absolutely should. Well, well, well. Go ahead and open up your ears, your mind, and whatever else you need. You're listening to Talk Dirty to Me. Gentlemen and these and themers, this is once again Little Renegade Films with their newest podcast, Talk Dirty to Me. And this is episode one, y'all. This is our demo, our pilot, our. It's, uh, it's not a demo, it's definitely a pilot. Yeah. Um, and it is a podcast where we, uh, every, every beautiful person you're hearing and seeing has their own kink story slash journey. Um, and we're we're all gonna talk. We're gonna explore the kink world together. Or normal people swimming through the kink world. So we're gonna introduce ourselves. Uh, we're gonna tell our own personal stories as the podcast progress. We'll give updates on those stories and how it's going. And then we're also gonna get experts in um, kink experts and BDSM experts in to talk about specific things like consent or specific types of play. Um, that they do and they love. And we're also going to get in other people in the BDSM and King community to tell their stories and confessions. And so it might be a little rocky for the first couple episodes as we figure out uh, the frame of the show, but we're just going to get started. Long pause as nobody says anything but Casey. Hi. Hi. That was such a good intro. I loved it. Casey, why did you want to do this podcast? That's a good question. Yeah, that is a good question. Yeah, I I guess I am the one that was like, guys, I have an idea. And then everybody said, yes, thank God. I wanted to do this podcast because I found myself in the unique situation of suddenly having a slave. Um, And I I didn't know it until it happened, but a a slave is something I've I've always wanted to have. Wait, sex sex slave? I wouldn't. (laughs) (laughs) As far, well, as, far as the alternative. Is, wait, is this the edit? What is the emergency <laughs> edit? It's, it's cool. I, I got you. I got you. It's <laughs> funny. Uh, not not a sex slave. Um, but I, you know, dipping my toes in the pool of doming is something I've wanted to do for a long time, and I've gotten really close to it. So knows because we've talked about. It. I get really close to it, and then I I don't know if I don't have follow through or if I just don't know how to really get into it. Um, but I, after I accidentally acquired this slave, um, I was like, oh, I, I would like eight more. <laughs> and I would, I would like a harem of slaves and I would like them to, to pay me to, to, to be their goddess. And that would be great. And I'm interested in, um, uh, doming, but well, we'll talk about it later, but, um, humiliating. What is that, that you said you said humiliating, so like you were humiliated about it. Humiliating? <laughs> <laughs> That's like new, so I don't know. So wait, is slave the right term? Yeah, Is sure, that the correct totally. term? Yeah. It yeah. sounds so wild. He's my slave. It sounds so wild. In my phone, 
His name is Slave. What? Um, so there, there's a line, right? There's the line between like, um, you're, I'm subservient to you in certain ways for certain parts of the day or only in scenes or only in certain situations to, you know, 24-7, no matter what, you can make me do or say or anything in the whole wide world. And people on that end of the spectrum will consider themselves slaves. It has its own, like, type of thing. It's basically, slaves are usually the complete handing over of their rules and regulations and autonomy. And submission is, like, you get to pick it more. But usually, usually when somebody refers to themselves in the kink way as being a slave, they're talking about you get everything and I'll do anything that you tell me to. The complete 24-7 um, ownership <clears throat> and the dynamic is long-lasting. And that's what this human wants? Well, I think I think so. Let me get into a little more detail here. So how I found myself in this situation is um, I do a lot of modeling. If you go to my Instagram at Casey Sammy E, you'll see that I model for photographers and uh, he contacted me because he does art and he's very good at art. And he was like, can I draw you? And I looked at his portfolio and his Instagram page is just, he draws uh, women specifically their butts. Um, and I, I was like, okay, yeah, you can draw me. You're talented. Let's do it. And then I was like, I don't have any butt pictures, but I guess he found something he wants to draw. And two days later he came back and was like, um, you don't have any butt pictures. Do you have, <laughs> do you have anything? I was like, oh, uh, so I went, I had a boudoir shoot real quick and I sent him a butt picture and he drew it and there was like chit chat. And I don't remember how it evolved, but he kept kind of chatting with me. And eventually people just tell me things too. Eventually people just tell me things. Uh, and eventually he was like, yeah, I, I got like, he just told me that his ex that he was with was older than him and that she got him into being to like the dom slave relationship. And he didn't know he liked it before then. And then he talked about how, how he loved uh worshiping and and he kept going and eventually he was like at like days go by and it was just like casual chit chat and eventually he was like can i worship you and i thought i thought about it and i feel like there's a part of me who would have immediately have been like no but then i was like who <laughs> who says no to be worshiped like why <laughs> Why do I say no to that? That doesn't seem reasonable. So I texted back and I said, yeah, you can worship me. And then I paused and I was like, okay, but what does that mean for you? <laughs> Very responsible thing to do next. <laughs> and he told me he was like uh, massaging your feet and your legs and being your chair and uh, a lot of foot worship stuff is happening and then eventually he was uh, you know as we kept talking about it for a few days eventually he was like it also means like he really likes to give pleasure and then be denied it so not receive it and i was like well we'll talk about that down the road later i'm not sure i want to mix together those two things but thanks for letting me know um and then and then you know we were i was pretty pumped about it and I, and I scheduled time to to meet him in person and he also wanted me to help him with a project an artsy project where he wants to submit some art to uh, a gallery that's uh, fetish themed. And he asked if I would do the modeling for that. And I was like, of course. Um, <laughs> we scheduled this whole photo shoot and everything. But then 
he had to cancel the photo shoot because of work. And then I also like had, I was like, okay, we have to meet in person because I'm not going to do this digitally. That's stupid. Um, and I'm not going to not meet you. And so I, we scheduled time to get together and meet in person. And then he also canceled that, um, because of work and he had told me what was going on and I, I knew he was stressed out and it probably wasn't a great time, but like he didn't reschedule it either. And I was like, I just don't want to be the one that does all of the work to make something happen. Um, and then we haven't communicated in a couple of days, which is, which is fine. I'll text him tonight and it'll be a chit chat. Um, but I, I, I definitely was disappointed that everything got canceled. And I think he actually did say recently, hey, let's reschedule that photo shoot. And then I responded to something else he said and didn't respond to that. Um, but anyways, that's my story. Maybe he's looking for you to be a little more stern with him. I mean, I didn't want to do that until I met him in person. And we had a conversation about like reasonable things. Like, like where are your boundaries? Like, do you want me to call you douche canoe? Like, like, whoa. <laughs> like what? I didn't want to start doing it without, you know, because some people are like, don't call me unworthy. Like there are things, are, and I, I thought it would be the responsible thing because I thought about that stuff. And I was like, maybe I should just start giving him orders and telling and telling him. But I thought it would be more appropriate to have a face-to-face -face conversation and get some sort of boundaries and guidelines and consent first before I started like telling him what to do and shoving my, and stepping on his throat with my feet because that's what I'm going to do and being having him be my chair. Um, no, yeah, that's, that's a definitely a good move. Um, the, I mean, you could technically have that over the phone too. It's, it would also be a red flag if he was like, unnegotiatedly is like, I want you to dom me in these specific ways. And the way that I want you to do that is I'm going to act naughty and not discuss it. That's a, that's a kink on its own called bratting. And you definitely need to talk about that because it's like it can get to weird places if you're not safe about if you don't talk about it. <laughs> so that's a yeah. good that's a good thing. And so maybe okay. that's what he wants. I'll, but you need to have I'll send him a text in this podcast and be like, "Hey, douche, we're talking about you, <laughs> talk, sir." <laughs> Just why did why did you want to do this podcast? Why did I want to do this podcast? Because I told him to. Because oh, okay. <laughs> Casey, Casey told me to, and Casey's the boss. No, uh, no I mean, like I've known I've known Casey for a while, and like Casey has helped me in many ways, um, like getting to know my body and and heal and exercise and feel good about myself, and also. She has a she has strong dom energy around her, and I'd been doing kink stuff for a while, and I was like, and I, I've I've poked at her, being like, you should, you should check if that if that's what you would like to do because it feels like something you would enjoy. <laughs> and recently, and and I'm gonna take one after this podcast. Um, the I, I recently have because of the pandemic and stuff, I had had a, been having a hard time showering. So I was like, Casey, you should yell at me if I don't take a shower and I have to send you photos about it, which has turned into this really big fun thing because I'm also an ex-photographer and stuff. So the, the photos keep getting fancier and fancier. And they're um, quite artistic. I like them. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Um, and so, and you know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a two, I'm a switch. What I like to call myself a, a service switch, which means 
I like both sides of the dom and sub dynamic. Um, and so Casey was like, let's do a podcast about this and my journey doing all these things. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, that sounds like fun. I love talking about kink. I love talking about BDSM and sex. And a lot of people don't expect that of me that know me in the real world. Like <laughs> people are quite surprised when they find out. Yeah, you're you're like in the kink world. You've been how long have you been in the kink world? I, I, I would say since right before the pandemic is when I became part of the kink. When people in Austin's kink community knew who I was, um, I would say I have grown up with plenty of kinks. As like that, I think when I think about like how I've interacted with sex and sex that I've enjoyed. And like dynamics that I've enjoyed and why I've enjoyed them, but I would say like part of an active, like intelligent, responsible kink community since 2019. Um, that that happened because how did that go? I wanted I had never been to a sex party and I wanted to go, um, and I had like got on Fed Life to accomplish specific goals, and then I found there was like okay. There's this party coming up in a couple of weeks. You have to go to this thing to be able to go to that party. So I go to that thing and then I go to the party and then I see someone do like a rope scene, which is like they they have the equipment to like hang and suspend people and they do this whole rope scene and I'm just like watching this very talented uh, rigger or rope top, someone who types tie somebody up, tie up tie up this person and I am transfixed, mesmerized I'm this must be a part of my life and that was like the fall of 2019 I went home I bought cotton rope off of Amazon which is laughable don't buy cotton rope not for like suspension and serious rigging I guess it's good for practice um, but then I was just like every YouTube channel can find and then started going to rope labs and then I met a lot of the people that I know now joined a Facebook group for poly and kinky people who and these people and then there were all I've talked to for three years during the pandemic when we couldn't go anywhere or do anything and so that's how my journey so you began got, you got into it because of a rope yes that was the, my, my entry point was rope yeah. you tied me up once I did tie you up you're one of the first you're the first photo shoot of another person I did tying up wow and I had never I had tied people up before but I had never like Tied someone up, taking photos, and then made something out of it. And you were the first one I did. That's awesome. Stephanie, yeah. how about you? Why did you agree to do this? I don't know. No, I'm kidding. Yeah, I told you. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, I think I have been on a recent journey of just pushing myself outside of my comfort zone. And this is not something, I mean, up until about a year ago, I was certain I was going to take all of my dark desires to my grave. Uh, and so it's been this journey of sort of uh, learning to accept and love the stuff about myself that I used to find revolting. And so I thought, why not <laughs> better um, share it with many people at one time on camera with my real name <laughs> in well, a nutshell are you ready to maybe give us some detail about that stuff sure i i'm sure i will uh 
happily tell you my journey to where I'm at. I'm fairly new in this scene. Um, however, I have had my kink since the first memories I can remember is like age four. Um, and my kink is I would be considered a spankophile, a spankophilia. I, it was a very traumatic when it happened to me as a child. And it was a, Hmm, I want to be very careful with my wording because I would never say that I was, I would know what a sexual assault survivor went through, but it was so much my sexuality that it felt violating each time it happened to me. Being spanked. Yes. However, <clears throat> I would often think about strangers on the street or like do stuff to hope that my babysitter would do it, which it was the 90s. Babysitters weren't spanking kids back then, but I, in my mind, they were. And so I would look it up in the dictionary, the word spanking. I would... I mean, I would have these shows and movies that I watched that would have scenes in it that I would like fast forward to those scenes. Uh, and I was just truly like fascinated, but also growing up extremely religious. Uh, I was certain there was something super wrong with me and, uh, you know, kept all of that buried deep inside. And then um, cut to, I guess I was, this would have been four years ago. Um, my husband was overseas and I was regrouting our floors because I like to do like house projects and listen to audiobooks. And I got recommended a book. I was going down this like Shakespeare path because I'd never done it the right way in college. And so I was reading about Shakespeare and this book got recommended for me called Sex with Shakespeare. And I had already been fascinated with Shakespeare at that point because there's so much hidden sex and imagery in there in my opinion and uh I literally sat on my floor for nine and a half hours and read the book it's by Jillian Keenan and she's pretty big in the Spanko world um, really quick question can everyone hear my cat yelling outside I'm so sorry Is it I can't you can't okay great no. please keep going <clears throat> Fresh. Is he? Is he need help? Is he okay? <laughs> um, he he wants everyone to know that he's starving to death if he doesn't get his dinner oh. right now, an hour <laughs> early. I got. Oh, oh, I see. Mm -hmm. He's he's a top. Um, <laughs> Sorry, can, uh, is what he is. All, can, all, ca um, all cats are tops. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that. That's, uh, that's so cute. Sex with Shakespeare. Yeah, uh, and so like. I sat on my floor and I was super ignorant at that time, ignorant to the point where I was just certain I was like one of the only people with this. I didn't realize there was going to be a community. I didn't realize there was certainly didn't realize there was going to be someone who wrote a book about it. And she wrote it so eloquently. It's, it really is a lovely read. Uh, but I mean, it was a, it was truly like stepping into a different dimension because I was like, not alone anymore and that was I was like okay that's good enough for me I'm not going to ask the universe for any more I just know I'm not alone and it's still not going to tell anybody <clears throat> and then like slowly but surely I started to kind of question it and I'd been with my husband at that point for gosh we've been together 13 years now so we we're like coming up on 10 years and I was like having all of this like guilt of like you get with someone and you hide this deep secret that is a part of you and that felt like I had like betrayed him in a way and then also I was in my brain going to tell him and he was going to leave me because he was going to find it so disgusting and instead he was the 
polar opposite of that. He was so lovely and so sweet. And, but it was a coming to Jesus moment for me in that, like I was sobbing on our couch because I was just like admitting this part of myself that I had not told anyone about. I mean, no one, no best friend, no anything. And I did have such a loving support system. And then from that moment on, he was like, well, you know, let's try it. We can, we can do anything. But I still had this sort of mental block because, um, and Jillian speaks on it in the book, there is still PTSD that is connected for me to that um, act. And there is this fear of it being that does it and me having an issue with it. We started to talk about about it a little bit more and we we played around but it just never was really it wasn't hitting the um spot not really it it just wasn't it wasn't exactly how I saw it in my brain and so years passed by and he's the one who made the suggestion of like have you thought of asking the kink world like have you thought of reaching out to people and I was like is you just Google that? Like, and sure enough, yes. And Where do there's, you want to get someone to thank me? Literally. Uh, <laughs> so I got on FetLife and I did it kind of, um, I was just going to ask questions. So like my name on FetLife is, because I was, you know, not going to use my real name. And uh, I started just questioning, like, I was just honest with people that I had never experienced it, that I did not want sex to be a part of it. That's another thing that's interesting about spankophiles. Um, they call them, or they call themselves kind of Puritans in that sense. I don't personally want sex attached to it. It doesn't mean that it doesn't uh, fall under a sexual category because it of course does, but there is something about the act alone that is the drive for spankophiles. So um, that has been trickier for me, though. It's tricky to find a partner who doesn't want the two in- intertwined. That's not a, a wholly a spanko. Um, there's a lot of people who are super willing and super kind, and and the fat life community has been lovely to me, uh, super sweet. But at the same time, I, on trial and error, have realized that spankos generally tend to stick to other spankos um so yeah i feel like i'm rambling now (laughs) this is great this is fascinating to me and that's why when you told me i was like one of the reasons that this podcast needed to be a thing because i think your story is probably super common for people to feel like they have shame about this thing and then to like the admission of it and talking about it and then like where you've come and your experiences now Yeah. yeah yeah it's it's such a rad feeling and it's something i'm so grateful for and something that like i uh when i was religious would pray daily like that would i would literally ask god to just take this away from me like just please take this away and now i would never i would never ask that because it is a part of me and it is a part that brings me a lot of joy and uh i think it is it has healed that trauma from the past. I mean, it slowly started to where I, I mean, Jillian talks about it in the book. She mentions that she used to lie to people. She was spanked as a child growing up. I was, I always did. And because it was just the embarrassing thought, which lots of people can talk about it and it's no big deal. It's the South. Lots of people were spanked growing up. Uh, I literally couldn't say the word. Like I, 
I don't think I even said the word till like a year ago. And even still, sometimes I can't look you in the eye and say the word. Like it's still, I'm still coming out of and unlearning some of those um, uh, shameful thoughts and behaviors or what, or whatever you want to call them. But it was something that I was shocked just dipping my toes in and accepting myself that it's been, it feels like to me, it's been a short journey to get to like a more comfortable place with it. And I'm so grateful. And if there is one person even that could just hear somebody else's story and think, Oh, I'm not a freaking weirdo or we are weirdos, but we're lovely people. Yeah. Yeah. I grew up um, Southern and- Baptist too. And like I oh, was, yeah. I I the whole whole ordeal. Like I I grew up just thinking I was like dirtier and more sinful and more perverted than everybody around me, and being like, you know, writing my youth pastor letters and having midnight prayer sessions with my other people in my youth group and just being like, just trying my hardest not to be a dirty boy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. and 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 it and the transition took a while too because it was like I wasn't so much like under the shame of churchhood but you carry so much of that with you body wise too so it was just like I that all attached to like I was like I think I'm gross on the inside so I must be gross on the outside and so on and so forth and kink fixes all of these things like just a small short example yeah. like I am a gorilla sized human being which used to be like a point of shame and like worry for me and then now in the kink world it's like I am of a very high desirable body type (laughs) for lots and lots of things um and and just simple things like that have been like some of the deprogramming and stuff that I really resonated from when you were saying that kink has brought me that I enjoy yeah no, it's so beautiful to hear. And I, and there's so many nights that's so relatable to hear the nights of prayer. And, you know, I was, I certainly wasn't going to come out and tell them. I didn't even know. I mean, I had no clue that this desire that I had, I didn't know that it was sexual. I didn't understand it to be anything other than perverted and perverse and strange. And so, but I did for sure think like, why god like why did you put uh this strange desire inside of me but that again is probably only relatable to people who grew up religious because that trauma is only for people who have experienced that because you know i'm so envious of people who (laughs) didn't have church as a part of their growing up and i'm not anti-church per se Uh, i'm not a lover of church, but uh, church, but I'm never going back. <laughs> but I don't ever, I don't see myself walking into a church again. Yes, that's yeah, true. I've uh, uh, but I, yeah, but I do feel oddly more spiritual in a way, like through this experience and through meeting people through this, uh, I like literally want to make a book of my first messages on Fet Life because when you get on Fet Life or at least for me, I shouldn't speak for everyone. Uh, it was a little scary. It's, I don't know why websites like that need to be like red and black and aggressive. Like <laughs> it, it's a little aggressive when you get on there in my opinion. Uh, 
an account on FetLife, and I was like, well, it's red and black, and there's dicks everywhere. Everywhere. <laughs> everywhere. Wow. So, yeah. So, uh, I was blown away by my inbox because maybe because of what I wrote that I was new and that I had felt gross my whole life, people felt so generous, but there were way more Jesus-like messages in there than anything I'd ever seen in the church. Like people were so kind and so warm and to the point of like, let's, they weren't trying to get at anything. I had someone in a completely different kink into a completely different sex than myself, reach out and offer me his sister who was a therapist who would be great for me and literally sat there and chatted and chatted and will occasionally check in with me. And it is something that I find so lovely. And there is this community there of people that are truly lovely. Are there weirdos and freaks? Yes, but no more there than out in the real world. Yeah. Not at all. And I think the other thing, there's a strange level of, well, we'll get into that. I was going to talk about safety, but I think that's probably for another episode because I have a lot to say on that. I have a a couple questions for you. Yeah. Are you... So if you're just listening to this and not watching us, Stephanie is in the most adorable, like, Boy Scout shirt. <laughs> I used to have one. Um, is this a breast outfit? This is, it could be. I, I tend to think I might dress that way sometimes. But no, I've had this for years. It's a Cub Scout shirt. I, I just got it at a thrift store. I always shop in the little boy section because I have no boobs so like everything is just not fit well for me up top so a little boy section works great <laughs> i love that <laughs> and my second question is do you, so you have par- partners now specifically for yep. spanking right i do yes so you did even you were like it was hard to find you did find at first you <clears throat> at first it, the first couple yes it seemed like it seemed like people didn't really understand. And then I got to talking to someone who lived in Dallas and he said, listen, we're doing this weekend getaway and it's going to be at a ranch and there's going to be like six or eight of us and we're going to chat and talk. And there is no um, pressure to participate. If you just want to be around like-minded people, three of the people they were married. Um, so there was this, it was incredible. I mean, it was an experience. I did not play though. I did not, I still did not find myself comfortable enough. And I regret it terribly when I left there, but I met so many wonderful people and have since bonded, had uh, bonded and made relationships with those people to as play partners. So if I'm understanding the, the spectrum of us, is it not okay to use the word spectrum? I'm confused. No, Is it okay? No, I think great. you can. Certainly. Yeah. 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 Did you get uncomfortable because I looked at you? Yes. Uh, <laughs> I'm going to do that a lot. You're it's just normal. Very dominating. I don't know if you know that. <laughs> so Tosin is in the FET community and has been in it for years and is a switch, which means he's a dom and a sub and is actively participating in polyamorous relationships with both gentlemen and ladies. 
Stephanie is early in her kink experience and she's in a monogamous relationship and you have a kink for spanking, which is called spankophilia. Mm -hmm. And you are in the fetish community exploring this particular. And Casey, you, someone randomly decided <laughs> they wanted you to be there. They wanted recruited you. To and so you're looking to learn about being a humiliatrix and a dominatrix, but you don't know anything going in yet. Uh, I mean, I know enough to like, I can talk. Okay. I can say things that they like to hear. And I know a lot about it because I've definitely watched videos because I've, there, I, like I said, there's been several times where I'm like, I'm going to do this. And I watch videos and then for some reason I'm like, ah, I like it's, um, I get, I stop. And I can't remember what those reasons are, but it's, but yes, <laughs> I can't, I got, I can't remember the question. I'm sorry. That's what, I was just outlining the spectrum. What you have here, which yeah. brings us to our next question. Yeah. Sarah Marie, why are you here? Oh, me. Yeah. Hello. You're part of this podcast. <laughs> I'm modest. So I might be the, I don't think it's fair to say I'm the control, but there's like, or <laughs> There's four points on the on the the line, and I think I'm probably over here on the line. So you wouldn't say you have any kinks, and you wouldn't say you have any fetishes. I don't think so. I mean, maybe maybe doing this. I th I think that everybody does, but I don't know if I would call it a kink or a fetish or a preference or a. I love love. I I'm a huge romance novel reader, and I read all all of the different kinds of romance novels as long as and i've got i've got three things either the sexual tension has got a you sexual tension good story and actually good sex writing and that you get two out of the three you know what i mean like if you oh get, okay you, oh. like it's the two out of the three rule so if you if you get like really good sexual tension and a really good story, but then the person can't write sex, you're like, eh, it's okay, all right, they banged and I can imagine it. Or if you've got like a really good story and really good sex, but the sexual tension is a good, that's okay. We we call that maybe Fifty Shades of Grey, I don't know. No, Fifty Shades of Grey is <laughs> in the third category, which is really good sexual tension and really good sex, but the story is utter, <sighs> utter garbage. Garbage. Yeah. But I mean, I think all three are, and there's, you know, all shades in between that. I don't, can we not say that modesty is your fetish? Could, uh, could you? you said something interesting. Well, I don't know, well, I don't know defines, what you said. That's interesting. Well, what defines a kink and what defines a fetish? Uh, that is a good question. Yes. Because okay. I've heard many answers and I actually, I actually wrote down, like, I was going to, like, give the like Webster's dictionary definitions of them. But when you talk it defines fetish as Sylvia Plath once said of fetish. <laughs> <laughs> what was your observation, Tosin? Um, I would be curious to hear what you deem to be good sex writing, because that could elucidate some things. Oh wow, that's a great that's um, a great question. I feel like it's different for every genre and subgenre. <laughs> of book but i that's such a ceremony thing to say i have to make a chart um if if the answer is scholarly like good sex writing then it won't probably won't lead me down the path that i'm looking for but you know there's 
Like, it's interesting that you say good sh- Fifty Shades of Grey has good sex writing. Well, I don't think it does, actually. I think I, I think I misspoke. I think, for me, the difference between sexual tension is character development of why these people want each other and why they can't have each other and the wanting of that, that <laughs> sexual tension, versus good sex writing is are you able to elicit a visceral, visceral response in me when I read the text, do I feel satisfied? Not as in I've had a physical orgasm, but the very nature of catharsis, when I'm done reading about these two lovers having sex, do I feel like they're satisfied and through them am I satisfied? That's what defines good sex writing to me. My mind is blown. So yeah. you, you, have des- you, you have described the pathology of voyeurists in general. Oh, Ooh. but I watch other people have the sex. You just want to read about it and imagine it in your brain. Yeah, privately, alone. That's that is it's still a it's still a form of observing sex, right? There's people who get nothing yeah. from reading mm-hmm. other, about other people having sex. Right? That's a good point. And I was like, Me, nothing at I'm all. one. You right, like I, reading romance novels? I have read several. I because I was always looking for something else in them, uh, <laughs> and. <laughs> Uh, I am one who will skip over that part. <laughs> You're like, story, 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 story. No, 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 no. That's yeah. so fascinating. <laughs> I was like, why else would you read a romance novel other than you wanted people to fall in love and to have satisfying, but I just think that that- The love though, I think like you, like I love the love and I do love like a story of, I and I can get like there with a the sexual tension. I think yeah. maybe in my brain, they do something different. And so I don't need to read about what they do, but I'm just as excited on their journey for them. And I do love the love, yeah. but I am not a, uh, I'm not a lover of watching or hearing about sex, which is, I know weird for me, but- it's not my thing. <laughs> no, I'm I'm the the same way. I know we went off on a side road about romance novels and books, but I I guess I just I'm in a a, a marriage with a a man. I've had very few sexual partners in my life, and I don't like discussing my personal sexual preferences with other. We're not leaving this podcast episode until. <laughs> Marie has a kink, so let's figure. Okay, let's do this. I wore my hoodie is because I get embarrassed. She does. She like she's really modest, and I just have to say pussy too many times before she's like, I'm out. Ah. (laughs) So I don't know. Well, I'm I'm really proud of you. I hope we don't scar you or traumatize you if you are not into hearing about these things. And please, if I ever do, I know you. Let me know. I don't think that, uh, one, I trust myself and I know myself and I honor and love myself. And I am so interested and fascinated with the human, oh God, with the human condition. So no, same. <laughs> same. same, but it's, same. it's, it's fascinating to me. And I don't, I'm, my, my concern going in is that because I'm not going to want to talk about the, the bedroom of my, of my life that sure. I might not be what you I want to make sure you feel safe like on um on drunk history if you've watched that television show the host always gets half as drunk as the people that are recalling the story and he says you have to get drunk enough to where they feel emotionally safe with you 
to allow themselves to be drunk enough to recall the story, but you can't get as drunk as them or your liver will explode. <laughs> and um, you won't be able to keep them on, on the track. You know right, right, I mean? right. Certainly. So I'd like to be our host. You're, you're half as drunk as us and you'll keep us on track. May, maybe. A unless, moderator. Unless a modest moderator. I have oh a feeling God. that Dom Casey and Dom Tosin are going to run the show and I'm just going to be like, hello. <laughs> well, I wanted you here because you're my art wife. Uh-huh. But also because I think your perspective is important on sex and kink and fetish. Like, Thanks. you're such a large percentage of the world and the audience of this podcast and people in general that it's not a perspective that I would want to leave out of any of these conversations. But it's so interesting what, what Tosin said, because I, I've read romance novels on a, on a, I've read like Julie Garwood level romance novels of romance and noveliness. Though I will say Outlander is like on the far side because they just like, it's all romance and then they lay with each other. It's like one sentence fuck a bunch of that <laughs> right versus like the the like smut i've read on that side of the i i'm into spectrums today i'm just talking about I it, it. so I, I feel like i've got I, a wide breadth of secret knowledge but not any actual real human life knowledge has sam has sam marie heard any of my poems has what has sam marie heard any of my poems no i mean i didn't play the one you wrote for me but i think about it Every day. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm glad. I'm glad. I think about it all the time too. Mm. Um, play my plan? Uh, sure. I would actually like to watch a reaction. That will answer my question about whether of her. You, you want to watch you her are, reaction? You are a literary voyeur or not? Okay. Yeah, I want to watch. Okay, I'm gonna put my head on. Don't leave your head down. <laughs> oh God. Okay. Don't worry. It's not X-rated. Okay. No, I, I, I'm, I'm very much. It's when I write erotica, I'm very much into Oh, like, those poems. Dam works too. Dam gets in there. Oh, Tosin writes two different types of poems. I'm ready. <laughs> he you has to play in both now. Okay. You okay. can play Dam. I'm uh, really proud to say that Tosin wrote Dam. I inspired this poem. Oh my God, of course you did. You've got people that are like, I will be your slave. <laughs> I'm legit going to get Dam tattooed somewhere on my body because of this. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to play it? Oh, I guess I should play it. Okay. <laughs> um, hold on. Let me let me let me think. While let he's me... pulling that up, I will say I'm glad you actually talked about romance novels because my sister-in-law is a very famous romance novel writer, like New York Times bestseller. What's her name? Oh my god. Yeah, Helen. Oh, Huang. Huang. How do you spell it? Uh, H e l e n. H O A N G. The kissing quotient, the bride test, the heart principle are her the titles of her books. Wait, what? Helen Hong. Oh my god. Wow, I have not read her, but I know the kiss quotient. It was on like so many bestsellers. Yeah, she's won a lot of things. Whoa! That's crazy. I don't. I'm not into romance novels, so I haven't read her books. But I, I did read like the first page of one because my mom had it out, and I was like, oh, this bitch got voice. Like it was. I was just like, this is sex aside. This is a good 
she has a good voice and is a good writer. Yeah. I'm, nice. I'm having trouble bringing myself to read it because I don't want to know what sex with my brother is like. Uh, no, uh, certainly. Like, certainly understandable. Art imitates life. So I was just like, well, it's just, it's just like sex with other people. <laughs> okay. 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 <laughs> I, sorry. Okay. That was, that I'm was hearing jokes. Oh, okay. I was like, I won't judge. Somebody's like, I am having an open mind right now, but can we um, therefore get my inhaler really quick? <laughs> oh, I guess that sounded, I guess that sounded like I had sex with your brother. <laughs> I, I like to make, Or I, a brother or I, your I, brother. I like to make fun of people that have visceral reactions to talking about family sex things. Just because I'm like, it's the same as, like, I'm not saying you should have sex with family members. I'm saying everybody calm down. It is actually very common for a lot of people to experiment with their family members when they're younger. And it's not, you're, everybody's well, freaking out true. because they told you to freak out. Not necessarily like. That's right. I <laughs> actually agree with that. No. There's a, there apparently, actually, since we're on this subject and I'm, I wish I could just know what the name of it is. Maybe I screenshot it. But there mm-hmm. is a new book out right now by a writer and it is apparently supposed to give mad um flowers in the attic vibes which i don't know if either if anyone read that i was forced to read that in ninth grade which when i look back on it now that's a very strange book i think to have children read did they give it in school in school i don't even know about this i don't know about this book book at all i've never heard of it oh it's it's Wild. Uh, it's like giving kids Fifty Shades of Grey in school. Cool. But I still think Fifty Shades of Grey. Um, no, you're right. That is like that. It's this was a a woman who falls in love with her cousin, and her parents forbid it, and they run away together, and they have three children, and then he dies, I think, and so she has to move back in the house with her parents, and. Oh, it had me for two seconds because there is a whipping scene in the beginning. But uh, <laughs> they <laughs> they lock all three of the children in the attic to hide them away from society. And the mom's just cool with it and pieces out. And she, so these this awful, horrid grandmother raises them. Well, kids grow and they go through changes. And so stuff obviously happens. And, you know... They write it in the book, but there's this new book out and people are saying it's crazy, but it's about a, a family who goes to the wilderness and the mom dies. And it's apparent, apparently the story is between the daughter and the father, but it's written by a woman. And apparently it's supposed to be written like beautifully, which mm. I don't know how it. The thing about uh, Flowers in the Attic was it was a cultural phenomenon when it came out, which is why I I ascribe it to Fifty Shades of Grey, because it was like reading it and they were like, oh, my God, it's so sexy. But they're it's but they're they're related. Forbidden. 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 Mm -hmm. Which what was that? There was like a a mini series that like parents watched in the 90s. I think it's called Thornbirds. And I think it's like a preacher that takes in a small child. But then she grows to be beautiful, and I think stuff happens. Oh yeah, that's a whole genre. That's a whole genre of yeah. style. Yeah. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pull us back. Yes, okay. I have I have it ready now. <laughs> okay, great. We're gonna so you you're gonna have to play two poems for us because I want to see Sarah Marie watch your. Oh other my poem. god. We'll do that oh one. I do too. 
What is I just I just recently went run that I don't know if you've heard, so I might do that one too. Okay. Uh, well, this is Dan. Yeah, this one is specifically for Casey. This is because <laughs> I literally what happened is they they told me good boy for taking a shower, and I was filled with artistic excellence, and I needed to expunge it in her direction. So this. I, is, well, I also posted work. a photo that I think you lost your mind about. I mean, I lose my mind about all your photos. You're real hot. <laughs> No, I can't hear. Is it playing? It should be playing. Did you hear that? <laughs> yep. Okay. Damn. Oh, did we stop too soon? Don't worry. We'll finish it off for you on next week's release. See you then. Talk Dirty to Me is a podcast by Little Renegade Films. It stars Sarah Marie Curry, Casey Sammy E. Casey, why don't you sound real sexy while you do it? <laughs> do I? No, why don't you? Oh, why don't yeah, I? Yeah. Like, okay. you, you remember how you read your synopsis? And yeah. You're like, oh, you want me to do it like that? Yes. Okay, uh, great. <laughs> okay. Genius. Uh-huh. <laughs> okay. Talk Dirty to Me is a podcast by Little Renegade Films. It stars Sarah Marie Curry, Casey Samee, Tosin Alafeso, and Stephanie Spoon. Mm. With silent contributions by Taylor Novak. Title and closing themes by Tosin Alafeso. Follow us on the social medias at Talk Dirty to Me Pod. And for more of our offerings, go to LittleRenegadeFilms.com. Ugh. <sighs>